This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free FM 89.0, Tuia Mareo Otahapori. Now, Hamilton City Council presents Council Comment. A weekly discussion about civic business, one-on-one with those at the council table. Here's your host, Brian Smith. And a very good morning to you all. It's uh, great to be with you on this day, and uh, my guest on the line is Martin Gallagher. Martin, good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you online there, and uh, we'll just get ourselves sorted out with a couple of things (laughs) as we do, and... uh, Good to have you with us, and uh, looking outside, it looks like it's going to rain, actually. <laughs> Don't mind. Yes, I have to say I'd much rather be in your studio in person, but obviously, as we all know, uh, that at the moment is not possible. Mm, that's a big wreck. See, we hope to overcome that soon, but uh, for a while we weren't even doing the program because of the lockdown three. It's because it's gone down a bit, we can come back on the radio with it. So there we go. It's lovely to have you on there anyway, and uh, talking off of you... Uh, um, there was a piece in the paper that you uh, quoted, walking by the river and all the bikes and things, and uh, I had a similar experience of that and had to uh, pack it in when I got to down the road a little bit and walk away. Tell us about that. Is there anything being done about it? Well, I mean, we, a number of elected members um, have had that personal experience, and certainly Sarah, my good colleague, excellent councillor Sarah Thompson, has described. Yep. You know, she's got a young child, her and her husband. Um, and, of course, they're somewhat very wary of, of using some of the paths uh, because of the high, because of a minority of cyclists uh, who, who just zoom through at such a high high speed. Yeah. And I want to stress, 95% of cyclists around the city are fine, just as, you know, hopefully a reasonable amount of motorists are fine. <laughs> but we've got a, a minority who are incredibly uh, arrogant, incredibly stupid, and uh, I fear that we will have another serious injury uh, in the situation where a high-speed cyclist comes up behind a pedestrian or, or uh, and doesn't give any warning but doesn't yeah. slow down. And if you're, if you're riding a cycle at, at 40 or 50k an hour and it, it collides with a young child or a pedestrian, yeah. uh, guess what the outcome is? Yeah. Very serious. Very serious indeed. Yes, it's uh, we encounter them occasionally around the lake, but most of them are fairly good. But the odd idiot, I call them anyway, uh, take their bikes on that uh, boardwalk, and that's not a good idea either. Well, that, that that's sort of not permitted around the lake, but I, I would make the exception. It's lovely to see young kids learning to ride. Absolutely, ride, absolutely. And, and, and with, the, with the trainer wheels and all that. So that's where, to me, I, I absolutely... To be honest, if, if someone is just occasionally riding very slow on that boardwalk, uh, but with young little kiddies, that's cool. Uh, the ones I'm really talking about are the adults who mm. think that they're at the velodrome. Yeah. The velodrome's near Cambridge. It's yep. not by the Waikato River. <laughs> uh, and and so and I, I respect that you know people want to get a reasonable speed. So where where we're at, Brian, is um, the, the other the committee meeting of the infrastructure committee. AB chaired by Angela O'Leary yep. uh, we, we're getting staff to come back to us uh, to look at some form of report in December to see what improvements have to be done uh, it, 
I think it needs to go beyond signage. I think we've got to look at some design aspects. Yes. And certainly uh, Je- Deputy Mayor Jeff with the CBD committee is onto it. So uh, what I have said to colleagues, you can't wait around. We've got to look some money in for the annual plan. Yep. Uh, we can't, you know, th- I think we're actually headed. And the wonderful thing, what it says is our river paths are being used, which is great. Yeah, so that is good news. You know, and we have a sort of a kind of a share with care, technically, but some of the design has to be looked at to ensure that we... Um, it needs, cyclists can enjoy the river paths as well as pedestrian and yep. some delineation, uh, some appropriate design signage. And also, uh, hopefully, we, you know, we'll engage with the Bike Waikato, an excellent organisation, and other organisations to try and see if we can reach uh, a small minority of very stupid cyclists <laughs> um, who just don't get the fact that pedestrians can be from their point of view unpredictable yes and if they are sharing a path with pedestrians they need to share with care yeah because with a child with you and that the the child suddenly sees something and dashes across to have a look and a cyclist could easily hit them to me if i'm personally walking along and enjoying a walk Hmm. i don't want to have to keep looking over my shoulder if i'm on a shared path you know obviously the principle is the pedestrians have you know, pedestrians have priority or right of way. Yeah. But but I I, don't, I want to be able to just occasionally wander, uh, and if I sort of hear a bike or there's a bell, but I'd expect the bike if they're near pedestrians to be going sufficiently slowish around pedestrians. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, I think that's a reasonable thing, and certainly bear in mind a bell's fine in the majority of cases, but uh, I want people who have hearing issues to yep. be able to walk along that. Uh, river path safely so in an ideal world we'd have two separate paths or whatever but yeah. let, let's see how we can evolve this and, and so that both cyclists and pedestrians can enjoy the amenity of our river well we look forward to that time the river is a great uh, asset here and of course we're making progress and opening it up a bit too well i mean that that's i mean the, the under you know we, we kick-started it. It started with Julie Hardacre. Yep. Certainly got a big boost with Andrew King's mayoralty. And now with Paula Southgate uh, and Jeff and the team, mm-hmm. uh, we, we're actually making some good progress. So as I said, as I stressed before, the really good news is our river paths are starting to be used. Yes, that's really great. Well, the different things happening, of course, talking of rivers and that, it brings us to the water. And this government... Uh, I take over that suggested. I know a heck of a lot of people I've spoken to aren't very happy about the idea. Where do you come on that one? Well, I'm, number number one, uh, it's a nationwide issue. Yep. Uh, and uh, I was reading a study in the paper the other day, I think from University of Otago. Uh, 40 people a year die of bowel cancer, possibly from unsafe drinking water. Not in Hamilton or the Waikato, I hasten to add. Certainly right. not there. But this is a national issue. Uh, we had Havelock North. I think we had the Dunedin episode. I think there's um, a situation where you need good, safe uh, water, drinking mm, water absolutely. and water yep. for irrigation and that. That has to be. And, and so if I can just start with the premise that in a country of 5 million, to have 67 plus separate water authorities, I think is crazy. Okay. And I don't see with respect how the Otrahongas and the Tikawiddies can run their own water uh, operation efficiently, effectively. We're lucky in Hamilton because I think we do have 
amazing leadership and infrastructure. Yes. So, at the one extreme, I don't agree with the status quo, right? Okay. Because I think that's totally inadequate when we have billions, and I mean billions of dollars of infrastructure, facing us over the next uh, 30, 40 years uh, with our water system in this country, right? Okay. On the other hand, the model that the government's proposed of, um, you know, four mega water authorities, I think is is not the right fit. Uh, And in that regard, um, we don't believe it's right for Hamilton. Uh, And certainly, as it is, it doesn't provide us, I think, with the certainty we need for our uh, strategic planning. Right, yeah. Also, in the terms of the governance of the water entity, you have to have strong resident ratepayer influence because basically over the years they have invested mega money yep. you know, to put our infrastructure in, in, in the ground. Uh, about 10 years ago, a number of years ago, we did try to have a combined water entity with Waikato, Hamilton, Waipa. Yep. Uh, frankly and sadly, and I will say this with great respect, Waipa essentially walked away. Yes. Uh, we spent a million dollars to try and get that up wasted money. Uh, It did show some very clear savings. I'm not saying that, and looking back, there are things we could have done better to, you know, at the time, even if we just joined with Waikato, Mm. uh, would have been a better outcome. So, but the intent of that was to grow that to a Waikato regional authority, you know, so that, you know, with strong resident uh, rate pay and iwi participation um, in in a model. And unfortunately, local government dropped the ball. Uh, so I'm hoping that we land, if you like, uh, with a model that suits both our communities, but reflects the desperate need, in my view, for nationwide reform of our waters. Well, um, that's, so mm. yeah, that sounds pretty, pretty right. I think some people thought that we were had uh, paid for our assets and uh, the water, and now the government are taking them over. Well, I mean, I, I, the critical thing is, is input and control. Yeah. And and the reality is uh, you want to turn on your tap. You want safe, good drinking water, yes. Yes. The reality is who is going to pay and how are we going to pay for the billions of dollars ahead of us, mm. uh, you know, for the ongoing supply. And, you know, we're a rapidly growing city. So we yep. with, there are challenges. But I'm also going to make the point that, you know, just as we have a nationwide approach to telecommunications, to power supply, we need a nationwide approach to provision of good, safe water. So if you're living in North Tohonga, you have safe water. If you're living in Hamilton, you have good, safe water. Yep. Uh, where we differ with the government is we, we are very disappointed that we, um, at, at the approach they've taken, particularly in terms of not really listening to the submissions we've made. Mm. I think it's important to have proper community uh, consultation and involvement in this. Yes. Um, and certainly the uh, there's a working party that's been set up uh, to look at the various governance models, to look at uh, how we can improve communities, uh, consultation and involvement. And that actually consists of some very high-powered, critical mayors who have been very strongly critical of this mm. government's water reforms, a la Leander, Zeal, Christchurch Mayor, sure. and of course Phil Goff, yep. Mayor of the Mega City. Uh, and both those are former cabinet colleagues of my good friend Nanaya. Um, so there's going to be some really robust discussion around the table. <laughs> and I think, Brian, if I can yep. say, and I say this with 
absolute respect for my colleagues, you've got to do more than wave a placard or sign a petition. Uh, they, they will have their place, actually, but you've got to be in every room available to, to vigorously promote and lobby for, for the interests of our city and for Hamilton, and certainly our relationship with people like Phil Goff, Leanne, yep. the people who are in that particular committee. We've got one of our top um, water staff in, in the tech, some of the technical stuff. Yes. So we've got to be in every room that's open to us, and we've got to just keep fighting for the best deal for our city and our country, actually. Fair enough, too. Well, I'll keep my eye on that and raise it again at, at another time, I'm sure. Uh, what I was going to say... Housing development, that's a big one. The government's wanting us to build, even going up, as it were. And uh, I didn't think a three- or four-storey building in the suburbs would work very well, but it might work in the uh, inner city parts. Any comments on that, Martin? The, the trouble is when you, you know, we call brownfields development. You know when you retrofit stuff? Yep. You, you don't necessarily get the good outcomes because the sections weren't necessarily designed for the things the high density you're retrofitting and in Hamilton there's some good examples of retrofitting and there are some appalling disgraceful disgusting examples mm. where the developers just put a put a bunged in a building pocketed the money walked away and the neighbours and the neighbourhood suffer mm -hmm. and we've got kids who live um, in places that frankly um, I, I, I'm distressed about you yeah. know and we know that what I call modern slums having said that they were under the watch, and I collectively share with all councillors a sadness where we thought, you know, you design a district scheme to the best of your ability, and then suddenly a developer gets the wiggle room to, you know, uh, to put something on there yep. that's within the rules, but, but really is really poor design. So local government has to acknowledge in some parts it hasn't done very well, but I think the... Um, national labour, you know, bipartisan mm. legislation that's proposed is a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Yeah. I think it's a blunt instrument. We've been doing a <clears throat> whole heap of work with the government uh, in terms of looking at higher density suburbs, nuancing development, working with our local design panel, fantastic group, working with our neighbours to get an urban landscape, if you like, an urban environment that suits the needs of and the welfare of our citizens. Yep. And I honestly think we're going to have uh, some very bad, bad consequences mm. from this particular piece of legislation. Uh, and and I will make the point tactfully: what you know, you want clean drinking water. Yep. Uh, but the thing that's going to really impact you on is not exactly whether you have a water regional water authority or a local city council water authority long as it's clean and it's good and it's good drinking water, sure. you're going to be impacted if you have a awful, awful development next to you, okay? Yep. Uh, having said that, where we do share with the government, with all of our major parties, is we are in a housing crisis. We must do everything we can to have affordable housing so that hard-working young Kiwis, etc., have the opportunity for home ownership, as Surely. we did. Yep. And for those who, for whom home ownership doesn't is not a choice or option, we must have decent housing, good housing supply. Mm. Okay. Yep. Uh, but the message must not be um, one generation pulling up the drawbridge and saying to young Kiwis, "Nah, that dream of home ownership you can't <laughs> have. That's outrageous. Of course, you must have it." 
So we've got a crisis, we've got to work together. Yeah. Our criticism of this bill, uh, Brian, is it, it's a sort of a, it, it's a blunt hammer. Yes. And we think it will have some bad urban landscape consequences. And we think that um, what we're doing ourselves uh, with central government, with our regions, who have future-proof partnership with Waipa and Waikato, yep. will give a more nuanced approach. And we are focused on the supply of land. That's what we're developing. Peacocks, we've got Rotokauri. Mm-hmm. We are looking at new areas for greenfields development as well. Uh, Ewan Wilson with his proposal around the higher density in the CBD. Yep. You know, there's a whole range of tools yes. we're using. Yes, I can understand that, and I, I know that uh, he's uh, been a, outspoken about uh, high density in the city. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'd like to see something out at Peacocks, you know, that's really good family buildings well, and that. And again, with green fields <coughs> like Peacocks, is you can actually design suburbs that uh, you can have a combination of high, medium, low, den- you know, medium density but, you know, protect the neighbours, you know, have good, you know, good, good sight lines. Mm. And, and so even with the CBD, I, I, we must, we have a design panel. Uh, they have, in my view, a critical role. We have some character heritage suburbs in Hamilton, which in my humble view, need to be preserved. So you give a whole suite of options. And of course, we must constantly work on improving the supply of housing. Yep. Uh, I get that. And central government obviously has to work with the banks and other institutions to ensure that the first homeowner with the wonderful KiwiSaver uh, get their opportunity to get on that property ladder as well. Right. Now, one of the things, of course, I, I've thought about is that uh, a lot of uh, lockdown time has happened. With this lockdown time, uh, is that going to affect rates and uh, all that sort of thing? And how does somebody who's been locked down for a long time pay the rates, in fact? Well, we, we we do we do have a, a I'm not wanting to you know we do have a, a you know a genuine hardship fund and there's oh, way right. in which delayed yep. rates delayed, and I recognise that there's huge uh, issues. Obviously, the critical issue is uh, workers having to you know get wage support. And I realised, for example, just the other day we are proposing that we we can look at some help for the hospitality industry in terms of outdoor dining. Yes. You know? Yep. based on it because that's one sector that's really been uh, hard against it. My favourite hairdresser, I'm going to advertise them, Hillcrest Hair Salon, fantastic business in Knighton Road. Poor things, they've been locked down. You yep. know, so and businesses like that, businesses like that, um, you know, really around the town and we, we're sort of, I guess, aware of that. Um, mm. And I'm sorry if I'm not giving you a comprehensive answer, We've certainly been doing what we can around the, the working with the various welfare agencies and that kind of thing. But certainly we, through Rob Pascoe's committee, will be monitoring that issue around the rates, um, rates postponement, uh, rate hardship and that kind of thing. And you raise a very important point, is, is will be the incidence of people who are ringing us up and say, look, we need to lay our rates, we can't pay. Right. We totally get that. And that's across the whole country. Really yes, is. of course, yes. I mean, we do have to have rates to fund essential city services, uh, but certainly we're aware that some households are really hurting, and hopefully with the evolution into the new traffic light system, yep. right? Uh, you know, and as we're coming out of with stage three 
to stage two, hopefully then, you know, life is kind of, we knew it or know it. We'll come back. Normality, yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it is rather awkward at times, and uh, you can sort of get fish and chips if you stand at the door and they go away and come back for, with them later on and that sort of thing in those shops. But yeah, I well, do, I, I've, I've certainly, I've, I've got my place there to go, you know, Thai, yeah. um, Ginger Thai and near Boys High, they're fantastic. Where you go for, we used to go to the restaurant, but they also had a takeaway business. A lot of those places do. Yep. And they've sort of re- reoriented to the takeaway side of things. Yes. So you, you, you've really got to give great credit, but you know how nimble they've been. Um, yeah, but we've all hey, we've all had that experience where our favourite places becomes the takeaway and we just bring it home. Yeah. Well, how's this going to affect the rates? Uh, you, you've got a lot of uh, expenses as a council. Uh, the rates must come in. Um, do you think it's going to uh, slow things down and right across the country? Well, we'll be reviewing all of our, our programs and projects. Yep. Uh, the one thing is you, you don't do is you also recognise that the street works and some of the good works you're doing, they pay wages, they stimulate the local economy as well. Yep. So uh, with Rob Pascoe's Finance Committee, obviously looking at all of that, and then we've got our preparations for our annual plan, which is like the annual budget, yes. you know, uh, and that'll be coming up. Uh, early, you know, the, the the bulk of that work is starting to happen now, and obviously we, we, I suspect, we will be facing significant challenges, and it is a matter of getting the the balance right, yeah. you know, uh, between uh, prudent spending, but also noting that what you do spend in the community as a council in terms of roadworks, parks, gardens, library services stimulates also the economy as well as, you know, creating well-being. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there, Martin. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, oh. indeed, yes. <laughs> I just thought you'd shot through. No, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, carrying on with that, the new theatre, is there some progress being made on that? I saw some things being pulled down the other day. Yes, as I understand that, you know, because obviously construction crews we the majority of us couldn't go for the original sort of blessing, which I understand is a small group. So yep. you know, work as I understand is is underway. Uh, so we have the Waikato Regional Theatre, and also I want to acknowledge the work that former Mayor Margaret Evans is doing, and the Toti Trust in terms of looking at what are the options oh, yeah. uh, for the Founders Theatre. Uh, it may not, you know, and and there are a range of options there. Uh, I hope it's not a straightforward demolition. I think that would be really sad for yes. a growing city. Uh, but the the, the theatre in its current form probably won't be there. You know, so there's a range of options, and I think we, with respect, should take our time uh, and see how things evolve. So basically, you'll have the regional theatre, but the old uh, Heritage Founders Theatre, which, of course, again, um, was an incredible building for its time, yep. you know, for its time, uh, hopefully there's going to be potential community uses. That's my personal view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll certainly be urging my colleagues, don't rush into that decision. Um, you, you can freeze and mothball a theatre as Dunedin did for, for a number of years, right? Yes. Uh, then when the time is right uh, to repurpose it, you know, uh, and obviously with looking at external community money, you know, yep. external funding, obviously, because we are in very tight circumstances. Absolutely. Well, we're getting close to uh, cut-off time. Is there anything else you'd like to raise with me uh, 
stage, Martin, that we haven't spoken about? Um, no, I mean, I, th- I think we're, we're all really... I, I just obviously wanted to do a big shout-out to our staff team, actually, fantastic staff. Yes. With, you know, working with all the, the health agencies, the DHB. Uh, my heroes are the, the Tico Health and um, uh, Kota Pacifica and the various agencies out there that are doing an incredible work in promoting, you know, the vaccination yes, campaign. Yes, very much so. Uh, I think that, that that's important. Um, I respect that individuals will, will um, make decisions, read the vaccination. Uh, I'm just very mindful of the, you know... You know, I was at Remembrance Day with the mayor with masks on yesterday. Yep, yep. Uh, we're, you know, to um, at the at the Ipa Memorial, mm-hmm. and I'm remember this is, you know, again, um, you know, the anniversary of the Spanish flu. Well, that's true. Yeah, and just, from the yeah. First World War. Now, if you recall, the Spanish flu wiped out 20 percent of Samoa. Yeah, uh, and the Spanish flu devastated our Maori populations, and one or two teachers who joined a demonstration. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just saying. Let's all learn from our history, right? Yep. You know, and if we're in a classroom, whether you're teachers, nurses, doctors, please, uh, you know, we've got... We, we, our, our, our medical staff and our scientists are doing a fantastic job. I think they're just wonderful, personally. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to get into whether you jab or jab, not that stuff, but let's <laughs> learn from the history. Yeah. We're, we're out, you know, in 1918, you know, thousands of Kiwis were wiped out. Yes, okay. they were. Yeah. Uh, so I think I just want to do a huge, huge shout out for all the health and community providers who are getting into our communities, uh, and and I strongly, personally, will join. You know, to vaccinate, vaccinate. It's as simple as that. And I realise for some people that's a difficult individual decision to make. I respect that, but I just ask them to ponder uh, on on what we suffered. Uh, in 1918, you there know, we, we lost, you know, we lost about 9,000, you know, I think. Yeah. Yes, and internationally, more people died, perished through the Spanish flu than World War One. Yeah. So, nine, imagine 9,000 people in a population of just over a million, right? Yeah. No. That's a, that's um, a big so one, isn't it? And that's what's recorded because you see, with with many censuses and stats, how accurate is that figure? Because obviously, as we know. Our Maori communities in those days were devastated. Yes. You know? um, so look, I, I'm I'm not a scientist. Uh, my wife is a registered nurse, but I just I'm biased. But I, I just shout out to the wonderful people who are, um, you know, who are out there doing, doing everything it. in yeah. our community. Yeah. Who are just out there, just yeah. out there. I yeah. mean, you know, if I can just, um, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I certainly want to. Uh, acknowledge people like Lady Teresa Moxon for her incredible leadership in the Maori health area, uh, but also um, Rachel Corrales from Quarter Pacifica. They, they are heroes. They are fantastic. I'm just, if I can pick out those two organisations, yep. there are many others, yep. but they are absolutely out there with their communities, and, and I and I honestly, I honour them. I honour them. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.